Today is Tuesday, August 14th, 2018, and you're listening to the Official View News. I'm Greg Pollock. And I'm Adam Jar. You can find links to all the stories we talk about in our weekly newsletter and on news.viewjs.org. Last Friday, View CLI 3.0 was officially released. We've been waiting for this release for a while. It's nice to see it official. Yeah. And there's so many great features built in that I think Vue is going to set another standard for CLIs across JavaScript frameworks. How so? Well, with all the buzz around zero configuration these days, the new CLI makes this possible with both small and large Vue applications. Additionally, the goal of the rewrite is really interesting. First, reduce configuration fatigue of modern front-end tooling, especially when mixing multiple tools together. And secondly, incorporate the best practices in the tool chain as much as possible so it becomes the default for any Vue application. Yeah, it's great to be able to start a Vue application with all the best practices for configuration and even have an interface for configuring your app with a new user interface for the CLI. Yeah, and it totally minimizes the amount of configuration you need to do when you add external libraries. So you can focus on the parts of the app that you want to build, like just the app. Last week was the first Vue.js Sprint, a new initiative that physically brings together members of the Vue core team to work on selected official projects. This was possible thanks to the funding received through Vue's Open Collective campaign. Their focus for the week was on the Vue DevTools, the ESLint plugin Vue, JSX plugins, remote DevTools integration, and the Vue News website. Which, by the way, is now searchable by topic. So if you heard something on the podcast and you're like, oh, I need that library, you can go to news.vuejs.org and search for it. Also, when the core team got together, they had a summit where Guillaume Chow gave a 40-minute intro talk on the CLI, including a tour of the user interface. And a video of this is now up on YouTube if you want to check it out. Also, Carolina from Monterey wrote up her own summary of the Vue.js core team sprint as they were hosted there at their offices in Poland. It seemed like the team was able to get a lot accomplished working on the Vue source in the same location. If you're listening to our podcast, you're probably already convinced that Vue is great and everyone should use it. But you probably know someone who doesn't use Vue and doesn't know why they should. <laughs> yeah, like your developer friends or coworkers or your boss. Mm-hmm. So you might want to send them over to devmo.fm, the podcast dedicated to modern web development. And in last week's episode, guest Adam Wathan talks about what Vue is, how it lets you pick and choose what parts of it to use in your project, and how it can help you write better JavaScript. Who knows? Maybe it'll convince your boss. Adding TypeScript compatibility to your Vue application is the easy part. Especially if you're using the new CLI. However, the tricky part comes when you're changing your code and especially your UX code to use TypeScript. In an article this week, Lex Swed wrote up some of the issues he ran into converting his Vuex files into TypeScript. He also shows how we use the Vue class component decorator inside his components. Decorators modify a class and go before the declaration with the at symbol, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and it gives me nightmares about Angular. (laughs) (laughs) Core Vue team member Chris Fritz created the Vue Enterprise Boilerplate, and it's exactly what it sounds like, a boilerplate for using Vue at enterprise level. Within it, he includes a Vuex setup. 
I think if I remember correctly, it automatically registers modules for you based on the files you created in the modules folder. Exactly. However, his setup means you have to have state, getters, actions, and mutations all in one file. If you want to have them in separate files, you'll need to tweak the automatic module registration from Chris's boilerplate. If this sounds like how you'd like your Vuex set up, Thomas Finley shows you how to do this in a new Medium post. In a previous episode, we talked about how when you run Nux.js, you can deploy in a few different modes, one being server-rendered deployment. Where you render dynamic pages on the server instead of in the browser. Right. However, this requires you to be running a Node.js environment in production, which is a little different than having a static-generated deployment, which doesn't need Node.js. That can be hosted anywhere, like GitHub Pages. Right. And this week, Lucas Florzak wrote up a tutorial showing how easy this is if you want to do server-rendered deployment to host your Nuxt application on DigitalOcean. Lucas shows you how to run Nginx as a proxy server, which will send requests to your Nuxt server. You know what a PWA is, right? That's a progressive web app. And can you define what that means? No. Can you try? <laughs> it's a mobile-oriented strategy for creating web applications. Okay, so how would you describe what that means? <laughs> uh, well, the, the web app is designed to be accessible offline, fast on every network condition, on every device, and installable on your device's home screen. It's even easier to do now with the support in Vue CLI 3. Yes, that's right. With the new CLI, you're able to use the PWA plugin when you create your project, or even add the plugin after it's created. In a new blog post, Thomas Zdanuk shows you how to use the PWA plugin, walking you through how to make your app installable, how to get your app to run offline, and more. If you're a React developer and not using Vue... Don't worry, we won't tell all your friends you're listening to this podcast. Your secret's safe with us. But if you want to encourage your React developer friends or your React coworkers to use Vue, I've got the perfect article for you by Alexander Zveshikov, where he has an intro to Vue for React developers. Anything interesting? Well, in his introduction, it was interesting to hear him admit that the reason he prefers using Vue was simply for the developer experience. Not that React was lacking in features or abilities. It's just less fun to use. Wah, wah. Oh. <laughs> As you start to build out your Vue application, it's likely you'll end up with a ton of components in your components directory, and you're going to have to add more organization. Maybe some folders inside your component folders? Yep. And this week, Alex Hover-Morales walks you through what sort of directories you might want to create. Maybe a pages directory for your full page components, a UI directory for your UI components, like button or list, a layout directory, and maybe even domain folders, like if you had a bunch of article components, perhaps you group them into an article directory. If you're using Quasar, and this is the high-performance front-end stack, and you're also using Firebase, you might know that Boot.js was a common solution for getting Firebase authentication working in your Quasar app. However, with the latest Quasar release, this solution will soon be deprecated. Oh no! <laughs> oh yes, but fortunately, you just have to make a few adjustments to fix this, and Adam Purdy walks you through how to do that on Quasar's blog. Thanks for listening to the official View News podcast. Be sure to tune in every week for the latest news in the View community.